This message comes to you from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon, where we are committed to living like Jesus and sharing His love. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Well, today we wrap up. Walter mentioned this. We wrap up our series, Unlikely Heroes, that we've been tackling. And let me ask you a question as we start this off. Have you noticed that pretty much all of us think of ourselves as pretty unlikely to be called heroes, right? Or is there anybody here who would say, I'm just made out to be a hero. I mean, I got all it takes to be a hero right here. No, we don't feel that way. And what amazes me even more, because we have this desire to make a difference. God put a desire in us to make a difference in the world, but most of us feel like, oh, it didn't really pan out. I'm not making all that much of a difference in the world. And what amazes me most is that some of the people that we think about and we think, man, now they are making a difference in the world. When you talk to them or you hear them, they don't feel like they're doing anything. I mean, really, this morning, during our wee dark hours here over across the ocean in Vatican City, Rome, a little lady was canonized. That means she was made a saint by the Catholic Church. She was declared to be a saint, Mother Teresa, this morning. They gave out 100,000 tickets. Over 120,000 people showed up to be a part of this. She's one of the persons most rapidly to be canonized, to be declared a saint by the Catholic Church in the entire history of the Catholic Church. She's a woman that people all over the world look at and say, now she left a mark in history. And yet you read her stuff and you listen to her and she says things like, I I'm not doing much. I just choose to light one candle at a time. And you think, oh my goodness, if you don't think you're doing much, where am I on the list of heroes in the world making a difference in the world? So we run into this thing. God put this thing inside of you and I that makes us desire to make a difference in the world. And yet, we all struggle with this feeling that, yeah, not really. My part just isn't all that big or all that important. And here's the problem with this. Because we feel like our part, my part, just, I'm not doing all that much. I mean, I wish, I dreamt, I imagined, or I look at other people and I think, man, look at them now. They're making a difference in the world. But because we think this way, we often are looking at the wrong things and we miss what God is calling us to do that actually would make a difference in the world. That's the problem, is that we often get distracted and we focus on certain things and we miss the difference that God might be calling us to make in the world. What if making a difference in the world is largely a matter of shifting perspective so that our actions and our heart aligns a little differently. What if that's what it is? Would you look at somebody right now and just tell them, change history? Come on. Change history. You're called to change history. In this, in this series, we've dug in to, to the Bible and what we've done is we've challenged our human nature and especially our Western tendencies to focus or be drawn to a select few while ignoring a faithful majority that often the greatest impact is being had by this faithful majority over here. And so what we've been doing is we've been taking stories out of these people that we don't normally talk about and saying, look at this. Look at what God did with someone that we don't talk about. 
No, we don't think about. We don't think about as a hero. And we've said over and over, God chooses to use extremely ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And so we go in and we, let's talk about some of these people. Let's talk about a guy named Jonathan. There's a king, there's a next in line to be king, and there's officials and generals and all these people. But this guy tells his servant, you know what? Let's go try and do it, just you and me. Let's take on the army and see if God doesn't give us a miracle. And he changes history for the nation of Israel. And so we talk about that, and then we go on and we talk about other people in the Bible, a guy named Epaphras who's hiding in the shadows, but scripture just kind of gives us this little peek into the sky to show us some lessons from his life. We talk about a poor widow whose names we don't, name we don't even know. In fact, what we know about her is just that she had very little to even give. But Jesus stopped everything and told the disciples, lean in. Lean in and listen, because this lady's gonna teach you something today. Just picking people out and saying, let's learn. Let's learn from where we often don't focus our attention. And so we talked about Hannah, a woman who couldn't have any children and what God did. Last week, Pastor Mark talked about Shama, who decided to, and he taught us about standing with conviction, defending the territory that God has called us to and fighting for what God has for us. Well, today we're gonna talk about a guy who shows up five times in the Bible. And I'd be willing, to, if, if I were a betting man, I'd be willing to bet you your lunch. And some of you are ready for lunch. You're hungry. You're saying, just get done because I want to go eat. Well, I'd be willing to bet you that you probably don't remember having heard of this guy. And, and even less what he did or what, what is he all about? What difference did he make in scripture? I want to introduce you to a guy named Tychicus. That's right. Tychicus. Can you say that? Tychicus. People heard this week, I mentioned to people, we're going to talk about Tychicus. And they're like, what? What restaurant is that? Thai and they serve what? <laughs> Martial arts. They do Thai and they what? Uh, who is this guy that shows up in scripture? First, he shows up in Acts chapter 20. He's part of a delegation chosen from churches, seven people selected from churches to take an offering to go ahead and then meet up with the Apostle Paul to deliver this offering to the church in the city of Jerusalem because they're going through hard times. And what happens is this is the third and final missionary journey of the Apostle Paul. He does this trip, they meet up with him, they deliver the offering, and then Paul is imprisoned. And he's taken to Rome and put in prison. But Paul desires to still visit people and visit these churches and encourage them and teach them it, but he can't. So what does Paul do? Paul writes letters because he can't go. And in these letters is where we find Tychicus. We hear, learn his name in Acts and then he appears four more times in Paul's letters. And so we're going to look at a couple of verses and see where he shows up and what the apostle Paul has to say about him. So the first one is in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 21 and 22. And the apostle Paul writes to the church in Ephesus and he says, so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing, Tychicus, there he is, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord will tell you everything 
I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Okay, there's Tychicus. Now we go to Colossians chapter four, verses seven and eight and look at what the apostle Paul says. He says, Tychicus will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. If you notice, they're almost identical, the two declarations. And that's because this is proof that the Apostle Paul invented copy and paste, right? Long before computers. No, but he has this thing to say about this guy and he talks about this guy named Tychicus and what he's doing is as he's finishing up the letters, both of these scriptures are the last chapter of these letters. As he's wrapping up, he, can't, he knows he can't say everything. He can't tell him every detail. He knows, he knows there's going to be questions that he's not going to be there to answer. And so he says, I can't, I can't put it all on paper. So because I can't, there's this guy, Tychicus, and he's going to fill you in. He's going to give you the rest of the story. He can answer any questions you have, and he's going to encourage your hearts. Wow. Okay. So who is this guy? Who's Tychicus who shows up and can fill in for the Apostle Paul? He can basically speak for him. He's going to tell you everything he says. He's going to answer questions. And he describes him. He's a beloved brother. He's a faithful minister. He's a fellow servant. And he's going to do this. He will answer your questions. He'll tell you everything else about us. So, so it makes you wonder kind of what kind of guy is this? I mean, this is some serious territory that he shows up in when he shows up in these letters. His name is in Acts. His name is in Ephesians. His name is in Colossians. His name is in Titus. And his name is in 2 Timothy. Who is he? Is he a preacher, a traveling preacher? I mean, he's, this is a lot of ground in those days. There's no high-speed bullet trains crossing, crisscrossing Europe and Asia Minor. No. How's he getting around? Is he one of the apostles? Is he an early church father? Who is he? Let me let you in on a secret. Don't tell anybody else. Tychicus is a mailman. Tychicus is Paul's letter carrier. You think, okay, here we go. That's a hero. Let's talk about Mail carriers, I mean, the mailman. There's your new hero, right? You see DC Comics and Marvel fighting over the rights to the mailman. We got Spider-Man, we got Batman, we got Iron Man. We want the mailman. He's going to shoot letters. I don't know. But he's our hero today. Who is this guy that Paul can talk about in that kind of a way? And his job is to deliver the mail. Tychicus is the guy, and I've got some letters here. He's the guy who carries these things. And so we know for a fact that he takes a letter to the city of Colossae, to the Christians there. You know, he takes, he delivers a letter to Ephesus, the Christians there, the letter of Ephesians that we just read from these two. In the city of Colossae, there lives a guy named Philemon. And we're pretty sure he delivered that letter too. He's the one who carries it when he goes to Colossae. And we're pretty sure, or it's pretty likely that he delivered a letter to, the pers- to Tychicus, who was a pastor on the island of Crete. Who is this guy? Because don't you think that's a pretty minor role? Come on, let's be honest. 
I mean, you got some pretty superhero characters out there, but the mailman, Paul, he's going to speak for you. Paul, he represents you. Paul, he's going to answer all their questions. Paul, really? Well, isn't that how we think about ourselves a lot of times? And we think, yeah, there's pastors, there's preachers, there's other people, but me, no, really? Paul says he's going to do this. This is who this man is. I mean, mail, sir, what do we call this nowadays? Snail mail, right? Kind of like, we don't even use it very much anymore. Why? Because it's just not that important of a role. And so if you can automate and delegate, then do it. Right, use email, use WhatsApp, use Facebook Messenger, get your message out some other way. You don't even need a person anymore because it's not all that important. The mailman, we don't think of as very high up on the org chart, right? Isn't that how we think of ourselves a lot of times? And we don't see ourselves that way? Yet God put in us a desire to make a difference? What if this mailman has something to teach us about making a difference in the world. Because think about it. Think about it. He's, he's living in those days and he doesn't know exactly what's going on maybe. He doesn't maybe realize I've got the original manuscript and the only copy at that point of a letter meant to impart to a group of believers in the early church. And a letter that we're talking about 2,000 years later because a guy named Tychicus was faithful to do his little job and do it really well. And here we are today. We might not be here had Tychicus not done his part. Why? Because it helped spread the message of the gospel and of Jesus and of what it is because of this guy, Paul's letter carrier. We think about Paul, oh my goodness, he's, he's, he's a big shot. He's a big guy. But, but the guy who delivers the mail, the guy who's carrying it, it kind of, he's in the background. He doesn't really, he's not all that important. And that's where we categorize ourselves oftentimes. Let me ask you, what's the use of writing letters if you can't get them delivered? They had to work together. They had, and Paul understood that. Paul understood we have different places, but this guy matters. And my challenge to us today would be that God would come and say, to accomplish my purpose on earth, you matter. I've called you to make a difference exactly where I've placed you. Think about this. In those days, it was a whole lot more challenging to deliver the mail than it was to write the mail. I mean, you could sit there and pin the words and write all these great words. Somebody had to get it to the destination. So Paul's in Rome in a prison cell. To get that letter to Colossae, you got to cross, get across the peninsula of Italy, and then you come to sea. You get in a boat, you cross that sea, and you come to Greece. You cross Greece, and you get into another sea, and you cross over into Asia Minor, what's now Turkey, the port of Ephesus. And then you go in, and you get down into the valley where Colossae is. That's what Tychicus did. That's his role. But we think, oh, the Apostle Paul. And we forget about people like Tychicus who made it all possible for us today. Tychicus may not have known the importance of what he did even during his life. 
And what if that's part of what God wants to tell us? You may not know certain things until you can look back through history and you will know what I did and how I used you right where I called you to be. You know, the, an interesting thing is Tychicus' name means fortunate or fortuitous. I wonder if Tychicus ever thought, I got an ironic name. How fortunate am I? I get to be the mailman. I get to deliver the letters. Look at the other guys. Philemon has a letter with his name. Titus has a letter with his name on it. Titus is a pastor in Greece. Timothy, he has two letters with his name. He's a pastor in the city of Ephesus. And me, I'm really fortunate. But sometimes that's how we look at ourselves. And you think, oh, my lot in life just isn't all that fortunate. I dreamt of making a difference. I remember as a kid just thinking I was going to change the world. And God's saying, you are. I want you to. I want you to understand what I've put in your hands. So as we look at this, and here we sit so, so long after this, what can we learn? Okay, you and I. Because we're not in that world. We're not crossing land and sea and battling with storms. and doing. What about us today, right where we are? What might God be challenging us and saying what you think is unimportant is what I want to use to change history? What about us? Look at somebody and tell them, deliver the mail. Come on, come on, tell them, deliver the mail. And then tell them, change history. Paul points out a few qualities of Tychicus. I want us to look at these and look at ourselves in our jobs, in our things, in our day-to-day life and think about what about me? What might God be speaking to me? Paul points out some things. First of all, Paul calls, he says, Tychicus is a faithful minister. I want to look at that word minister because you know what? God has called you to be a minister. And you think, what? A minister? I mean, that's a reverend, that's a pastor, that's a teacher, that's all these things. And he says, no, Tychicus is a minister. And I want to tell you, God would come today and say, you are a minister. Minister, What does minister mean? The word original is diakonos, to render service. God has called us to render service to God and to our fellow man. And as we do, we are ministering. Oh, but I just stand up in front of the classroom. The school year is starting. I'm a teacher. I got all my kids there and it's a job. What can I say? Yeah, I love it. I want to make. And God says, you're a minister. In that classroom, you are a minister. Oh, but I'm just on the factory floor. I'm just part number 49 of the assembly line. And here I do my job. And God says, you're a minister. If Tychicus was a minister, you are a minister. Oh, but I'm a mom. I'm just at home with my little kids. Man, it's a tough season of life. I don't even get to be with adults hardly and have adult conversations. And God says, you're a minister. I have placed you there. I have called you to this. See, what is a minister? Well, in Tychicus' case, it means he's been entrusted with an opportunity. That opportunity that is placed in his hands means that incredible potential impact is in his hands. But what determines whether that takes place or not is how Tychicus handles it, how he responds. Well, each one of us, God has given us opportunity opportunity that represents incredible impact. But what determines whether that impact takes place is how you and I respond to the opportunities that God places in our hands. So what about you? Oh, I'm just waiting tables at the restaurant. You're a minister right where you are. 
we think of secular and we think of sacred. The Bible says secular work done for Christ is sacred work. So whatever it is that you're doing, we do it unto Christ and we say, I am a minister of the gospel. You can stand on that. We can bank on that. He says he's a minister and he uses this little word to describe what kind of minister. He says he is a faithful minister. Let's talk about that for a minute because God calls us to be faithful. We are often drawn to the showy things, the passing things, right? I always say it's like fireworks. We ooh and we ah. And then a little while later, there's nothing left. Gunpowder smell, some smoke in the air, and that's it. And Paul says, this guy is faithful. Proverbs 20, verse six says, many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man, who can find? And God says, I'm looking for faithful people. I'm looking for people who are faithful. Think about Jesus. He tells a parable of people with small things. And what does he say? You're faithful in the small, I will give you much. And what does he say? He says, when I find that servant, I tell him, well, good, well done, my good and Come on, my good and faithful servant. That's what Paul is looking for in every single one of us. See, we find Tychicus first in Acts chapter 20. We find the last mention of him in 2 Timothy. Well, between these, there's, depending on the scholar, anywhere 10 to 15 years of time spent. This isn't a man that Paul saw for six months while he made one of his stops and started a church. It isn't a man that for a year he heard about. No, he's seen this guy for over a decade and he says, this guy is faithful. And I wanna tell you, God has called us to be faithful. It's not about being showy. It's not about having our big moment in the spotlight. It's about faithfulness where God places us and with what God has called us to. And so as Paul comes to the end of his life, 2 Timothy chapter two is the last letter Paul ever writes. And he knows it's close. He said, the time for my departure is near. This is chapter four. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And he's got some unfinished business in a place called Ephesus. And so a few verses later, 2 Timothy chapter four, verse 12, he says, I'm about to go. I need someone to take care of some things. I'm gonna die. Who does he send? Verse 12 says, Tychicus, I have sent to Ephesus. When he knows I can't be there, I'm gonna be gone, I'm gonna send the guy who's faithful. He represents me, he's gonna be there. God has called us to be faithful. I don't know what you do, I don't know what your role is out there, but I know there's a mailman here who's teaching us today about what it means to be used by God and make a difference in our world. And then I want to talk about this little word that he uses because he says he's a faithful minister and he says he's a fellow servant. And I want to talk about this word fellow because it's interesting. Fellow in the context that it's used here means equal in position, rank, or value. Wait a second. I mean, the apostle Paul, he's a heavyweight in God's kingdom, right? He's a guy who's a theologian. He's educated. He's trained. The mailman... He's sitting over here with his packages and Paul says he's a fellow servant, equal in position, rank, or value. And I think, is it possible that we get it so wrong so many times because we rank everybody and everything and Paul says, no, we might have different assignments on the org chart, but we are on the same level. 
He's a fellow servant. And I think, it, could it be that we miss our part? Because we downplay, we minimize, we belittle where God has placed us and God wants to change things. God wants to make a difference. Paul writes in Philippians chapter two and verse three, this isn't on screen, but he says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves. The apostle Paul does this. We're not to think of ourselves more than others. We're not to think of ourselves less than others. We are whom God has called us to be and that is what matters. In one of the letters, in the letter to Colossians, he carries some instructions specifically for slaves and servants that Paul has penned. And I want you to look at what he says. Colossians chapter three and verse 23 and 24. He says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ whom you are serving. God has called us. What does it mean for us? It means that we go, as we go about our responsibilities in our lives and on the factory floor, in the classroom, on the job site, in the office, we do everything as unto God. Everything that we do. And then Paul wraps this part up. He summarizes the reason that he sends this guy, Tychicus, to them. He says, I send him that he may encourage your hearts. I want to tell you, God has called us to be encouragers. You know, I told you I was on this campus for 11 years here, and I can tell you the heroes that we honor today, Fred and Lynn Whaley, are those kind of people. Because here I was, 18, 19, I remember 20 years ago, crossing paths with them, getting to know their kids, getting to have dinner at their house. I remember one day, when I had dinner at their house. And Fred has been an encourager in my life every day. Every day, even when I haven't seen him for several years. God has called us to be that kind of people. Tychicus was that kind of person. Think about it, it's a little bit challenging the circumstances that he's in. Because he's going to people who have a founder, a father figure who's in jail, wishing he could be with them, but he can't. He's sentenced and he's gonna die. And so you could bring some pretty bummer news. Yeah, nothing's improved. Trial's going on. They're just doing the sentencing and there's no way out for them. We're going to have to persevere and make it through. Paul says, no, this guy's got my heart. He has my faith. He has my love for the church. I'm sending him so that he will encourage your hearts. In my absence, he's going to lift you up. And I want to tell you, God has called us to be encouragers. That person on your right, that person on your left right now, God has called you to encourage them. He's called all of us to be that kind of people. So, so as we start wrapping this thing up, what, what does this mean to us? What, what do we do with all of this? Because he's carrying these letters, right? And they have their identification on them, Coloss to Colossae, to Ephesus, to these different things. What if your role could be labeled like an envelope? What might yours say? Could it say, John Smith in the cubicle next to you? I have something for him. And you're the one I placed right there. Your role is not small. Could it say parking lot? Because you're serving out in the parking lot welcoming cars. And you think, oh man, this is a big deal. Hoop hip hooray. 
parking lot attendant and God says, I put you there and you can make a difference because you don't know the people that are pulling into that parking lot and how they're coming and their concepts of church and their concepts of God and you will be the first thing either to affirm their concepts or to start changing it and open their hearts so that when they get in here, they can hear the word and receive it and be changed. Oh, but I serve coffee and cookies in the lobby and that's not all that much. I work in the cafe. What might your envelope say? that God has called you to and to do. Because see, with Tychicus, there's eternities hanging in the balance. There's believers that he's called to strengthen and encourage their faith. What if there's eternities hanging in the balance of you and I doing our part and understanding, I'm not to belittle this. God has called me to make a difference in the world and making a difference isn't about being the superstar. Making a difference is about being faithful where God has placed me in a change of perspective and saying we can make a difference. We can change our city. We can reach people that need to be in here, that need to hear, that need to feel God's love and God has placed us out there to be Tychicus to them. What might your envelope say? We have kind of an infatuation with superheroes, don't we? And we kind of want to be one. What if God's saying, you are going to make a difference like you don't know. Just listen, take the opportunity and do it and do it well. And I'm going to make a difference. And you're going to look back through history like Tychicus did today and say, wow, they're talking about me? In Portland, Oregon in 2016? Yeah, because you made a difference. Because you got these letters to us in Portland, Oregon today, we get to read them. What might it be for you? What might your letter say? And see, he, he had a message that needed to be heard. A people who needed to hear and a message that needed to be heard. And he carried it. You and I carry something called the gospel. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for the salvation of many and you and I carry that. You and I are the ones carrying it. What if your part, unbeknownst to you, is to be a bridge? Because that's what Tychicus was, right? We live in the city of bridges. We're known as the city of bridges. I'm moving this month because we live in Northeast Vancouver and we pastor out in Tigard and that's a problem. Because we have a city and a ton of traffic, it gets worse by the day and two big bridges that if anything happens, we're stuck. Well, the apostle Paul is over here sitting in jail. He's got a message for some people. Those people are over here. They're in a place called Colossae. They're in a place called Ephesus and they're going about their life. How's that message going to get to them? It's Tychicus that's going to get it to them. And you know what? God has, has desires and plans and love and for people around you and I. And those people are going about their life. They're interacting. They're seeing you in the morning at the office. They're greeting you. They're on the job site. They're everywhere else. Who's going to get the message to them? If not you and I, who were called to be the bridges to those people. Who's going to be that? I wonder if Paul were to write us, because this letter, the letter to Colossians, or sorry, in one of his letters, in 1 Corinthians, Paul writes something that I wonder if it wouldn't be in his letter to you and I, if Paul were to write us. Listen to this as we get ready to close. 1 Corinthians starting in chapter 1, starting in verse 26. And this is from the message paraphrase. But listen to what Paul says. Paul says, take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life. 
Listen to what he says. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you. Thank you, Apostle Paul. Appreciate that compliment. Not many influential. Not many from high society families. Yeah, you got that one, Paul. You got it right. But then look at what he says. He says, isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses and chooses these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies? That's you and I. Chosen by God. Because you see, we're not to make ourselves great. It's not about that. It's not about thinking of ourselves as a great thing. But here's the thing. Here's the warning to us. The warning is let us not belittle or despise God's calling on our lives because that's not small. You and I might be, but we have a great calling in our lives. And my challenge to you would be God would come and say, I called you, I placed you, I have a purpose for you. You are there because I want to use you and you can make a difference. I want you to make a difference. Would you stand with me? See, we want to we we do the big things. And oftentimes, because of that, we skip over the small things. I think we miss the big things because we don't value the small things. See, we want, think about this for just a second. David, what's the greatest day probably in his life? He had some great moments. But the the coming out, the breaking out moment for David is when he faces a, a giant named Goliath and he kills him. Nobody else is willing to do it. Nobody else steps out and this kid who can't even wear armor takes him on and we think, I want to do that. I want want to take on Goliath. I want the world to see. I want the world to cheer. Well, read the story. 1 Samuel chapter 17. How does the day start for a young boy named David? His dad, because he's the only one at home, still has to live with mom and dad, or he's the youngest at least. His three oldest brothers are off doing important things with the king and the army. So his dad says, hey buddy, you're gonna be my messenger today. You're gonna be my delivery boy. Take this, read it, you'll see it there. Take this grain, take this bread, take this cheese and get this package to your brothers. Find out how they're doing and let me know. And David does the small thing that leads to the miraculous thing. I want to say to us today, God has called us to be faithful in those small things and you never know when the miraculous moment will come. Let's be those kind of people. Let's be Tychicus to the world. Let's be Tychicus to the world around you because what if there's a letter in your hands and it says something like Portland. It says Vancouver. It says Gresham. It says Park Rose says Arge Terrace. It says Orchards. It says, and, and God's saying, come on, deliver it. Deliver the mail and change history. Because I put you there. I called you to do this. Would you close your eyes with me? Father, I thank you for every person here. God, I thank you for your presence in this room. And God, I ask right now that you would open our eyes and shift our perspective and help us to understand because every one of us can belittle our part. No one sees more faults in me than I see in me. 
And yet, God, you chose us, every single one of us, every person in this room. So God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you would challenge us, that you would remind us, I placed you, I called you, I have a purpose for you. I wanna ask right now, if you're here and God's challenging you, maybe making you uncomfortable because maybe you've belittled your part, maybe you've forgotten that your sacred work, that your natural work, secular work is spiritual when you do it for God and God's challenging you. Or maybe you've belittled and you've thought, well, I don't really have much of an important role. I wanna ask you, every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, would you just raise your hand if God's speaking to your heart right now? Come on, thank you, thank you, thank you. Just, just let God speak to your heart right now and challenge us and make us maybe a little uncomfortable and say, I wanna use you. Let me change your perspective so I can use you even more. Father, I pray for every person here and I pray right now for every hand lifted, God, that represents a life, represents a person that you've called. God, change our perspective. God, shift our hearts. God, may we do our part and see you change history. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I wanna give an opportunity because all of this begins with Jesus. You know what, Tychicus, was a representative. He was a substitute sent for Paul when Paul couldn't go. He spoke for Paul. He brought a message that people needed to hear. Because you and I were in need, God sent his son, Jesus, to be a substitute for you and I. And to do his purposes on earth, we have to start by surrendering our lives to him. And then he can use us like he used Tychicus and he can change your circumstances. If you're here today and you need to respond to God, you need to surrender your life. You need to say, here I am. I know I've done it my way, but I want your way. I want you to forgive my sins. Would you just be so bold right where you are, just in your seat, just to raise your hand. If that's you and God is speaking to you, every head bowed, every eye closed, thank you. Thank you. Anyone else here today, you would say, I need to respond. I need to respond. Thank you, young man. Thank you. Because you're responding to him, the one who brought the message, the one who loved you more than anybody else. Thank you. Come on. I'm going to say a prayer, and I'm going to ask us all to say this prayer with our whole hearts. The Bible says that when we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that he is Lord, we are saved. Just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, here I am. Come and save me. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, thank you for giving your life so that I could have new life. I want to walk with you all the days of my life. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you. Come on, can we put our hands together for people and for all of us as we step across lines of faith? Come on.